God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God richly bless you. Welcome once again to the Inspired Word Ministry and to our podcast. We are so grateful to God. Once again, the opportunity to share His rich and precious Word. And we thank God for each and every one of you that tune in. And we pray that we will be blessing to you and that, that something we say will encourage your heart as we believe God for great things in your life. So, Father, we come in the name of Jesus, thanking you for all that you've done. Thanking you, O oh God, for your sufficient grace, your amazing grace that saved a wretch like us. Thank you, O oh God, for your mercy that has endured for generation, generation. Thank you, O oh God, you've been faithful. Even when we're not faithful, Father, you have been faithful. And we say thank you for that. Thank you, O oh God, for your blessing and make it rich and add no sorrow to it. Our hands reach, our eyes see, our mouth speaks. Our heartbeat, our legs move. Oh God, we walk in divine health. And all because of your love and because of Jesus Christ. Thank you, O oh God, for sending your only begotten Son to die on a cross for our sins. And Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, you forgive us for every sin we committed, O oh God. Wash us in the precious blood of Jesus and cleanse our heart of all unrighteousness in the name of Jesus. And Father, we forgive those who trespass against us. We forgive them, Father God. We let it go right now in the name of Jesus. Father, your word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. The entrance of your word giveth light. So, oh God, I will bring forth this word to your people. I hide myself behind a cross. None of me, but all of thee, I pray that the words of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. Well, Lord, you are. Yes, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. And I thank you. Everything's said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right where you are, give God some praise. Lift him up. Magnify. Exalt the Lord your God. And give him glory. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to receive the honor. We thank you. We thank you. We bless you. Magnify your name, O oh God, for you alone are worthy. You alone deserve the praise. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to entitle this, this message to you today. What are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do? Turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Joshua 24 and verse 15. Joshua 24, verse 15. Amen. Reading from the King James Version. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Were the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood? Or the God of the Aaronites, who land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. Now finally go to Isaiah 
chapter 1, verse 19. We were in Joshua 24, 15. Then Deuteronomy 30, 19. Now go to Isaiah 1, verse 19. If ye be willing and obedient. I read it again. If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If ye be willing and obedient, you should eat the good of the land. Um, there was a scene in a movie called The Untouchables back in 1990-something. That's how old I remember it. Sean Connery, who played James Bond, he plays a guy named Malone, a Chicago police officer who's working with Elliot Ness, who's being played by Kevin Costner. They were working together to arrest Al Capone, the head of the crime organization of the mob in the early 1990s. 1900s, I'm sorry. Malone, in one famous scene, was attacked by one of Capone's associates. And he's bleeding profusely and near death when he's discovered by Ness. He had information that is pertinent to investigation. And in dying breath, he grabs Ness and says, What are you prepared to do? Now think back to the three scriptures we read. I believe we're all being asked the same question. God has set before us two ways of living. We can live in the blessing. Or live under the curse. Then God says, you choose. You choose. So what are you prepared to do to have God's best in your life? What are you prepared to do? There are two questions that I'll be looking at concerning this statement. The first one is this. The cost question. The cost. C-O-S-T. The cost question. And the cause question is this. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price? For all the promises we see in the word of God, all the blessings in the word of God, and there's many blessings and many promises in the word of God can only be obtained by faith. They can only be obtained by faith. Look at Mark 11 verse 22. Mark 11, verse 22 and 23. Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, or have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. What is the faith of God? The faith of God speaks to something where there's nothing there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness upon the faith of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And then God said, whenever God said something, something happened. Had the faith of God. Had the faith of God. Verse 23. For verily I say unto you, the whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. 
Verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things are you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Look at Hebrews 11.6. Oh, I love this. Hebrews 11.6 says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me read that again. Get that. But without faith. Didn't say money. Didn't say title. It said but without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God or to be in proper alignment with God. Remember, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is. Now faith is. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Thank God. For God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me tell you something. Your praying is not in vain. Your time in God's word is not in vain. It's not in vain. God sees, God knows, and God rewards. God sees, God knows, and God rewards. Because he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Seeking for what? Not to get a house or a car, but seeking because he is God. Glory to God. And because he is God, everything you need is in him. Everything you need is in him. He who comes to God must first believe. That word is so powerful. You must believe God. And that God is. He is my healer. My deliverer. God is everything I need. Whatever I need. He is. You must first believe that. When you come to God, come in faith. Come before him in faith and believe that he is. And he will reward you every single time. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Look, oh, man. Look at Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. So that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing, not yelling, screaming. It comes by you hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now watch this. Just as faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, fear comes by hearing something negative. Fear comes by hearing something on a continual basis. Because what you consistently hear, you'll start believing. That's go back in Mark eleven twenty three. For very I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. I can consistently be in God's word and believe what God says. That is where the fight begins. Paul described as the fight of faith. 
Why? Because your belief and God will always collide with what you see with your physical eye. Your belief in God will always collide with what you see with your physical eye. That's the challenge set before each and every one. That's why it's called the fight of faith. But it's called the good fight of faith. And every child of God is in the fight. What is the cost question? Are you willing to pay the price to see the Lord in his word? That's the fight. Are you willing to pay the price to see the Lord in his word? Because your mind, your mind hates the presence of God. You want to find out? Start reading the word. Or start studying the word. You're going to start falling asleep. The phone's going to ring. Something on the TV is going to happen. Your mind hates the presence of God because in His presence there is fullness of joy. And that's why it's so important. When I go and study the Word of God, I shut up everything and put on some music. I put on some music. I put the phone on vibrator, whatever, and I study God's Word. That's the battle. That's the battle. Because your mind is trying to get you to stay in. The now zone. Now I ain't got no money. Now I'm broke. Now I'm sick. Now, but no. Get into the faith zone and say, all things are possible to him that believe God. Him that believe God is able to do what he said he would do. This is why Paul encourages us to buffet our body or put it under subjection. Until, watch this, the spirit is king. The soul is the servant and the body is a slave. We got to buffet our body so then the spirit is king. The soul is the servant and the body is a slave. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And the very God of peace sanctify you whole and I pray God your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved Blamed until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every successful person, whether on television, movie, or sports, had to pay their price to achieve success in the chosen field of influence. Now we know that all things are possible to him that believe God. The challenge is are you willing to pay the price to be in his word? Because his word, as I prayed before, is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. His word is entrance of his word gives life. Proverbs 4, 22, it said there's life, there's healing in the word of God. That's why I said, my son, attend to my word, incline thine ear unto my saying. Let not my word depart for your eyes. Keep my word in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and help to all their flesh and bone. That's why TV cannot be on while you're studying God's word. You can't on the television while studying the vision that God's given you. Your mind bombards you all kinds of stuff on news. You don't need to hear it right now. You hear the good news and it comes from studying the word of God. So are you willing to pay the price to study God's word? Because there's life in God's word. There's help in God's word. There's deliverance in God's word. Your destiny is found in God's word. 
It's found in God's word, but you got to get into the word and study it. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto who? Unto God, not to man. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. You have to study God's word. Because when you study God's word, his word gets on the inside and you speak God's word because they're deaf and life in the power of your tongue. When you speak God's word and you believe what God says, he's able. He's able to do with his words. And the Bible even says it. He watched over his word to perform it. That's the cost question. Are you willing to pay the price to seek the Lord's word? That's the part one of the cost question. The second part of the cost question is this. Are you willing to withstand criticism as you pursue God's best in your life? Are you willing to withstand criticism as you pursue God's best in your life? Look at Psalms 118, verse 6. Oh, I love this. Psalms 118, verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Stop right there. Give God some praise. The Lord on my side. I will not fear. I will not fear. The Lord on my side. He is my light and my faith. The Lord on my side. He will perfect that which concerns because the Lord on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? I can read that again. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is on your side. God is not against you. Oh my God. Get this. God is not angry with you. He is in love with you because he created you in his image. The Lord is on your side. So do not fear. What can man do to you? Are you willing to withstand criticism as you pursue God's best in your life? The poet Ralph Waldo Emerson made a statement. Whatever course, whatever course, I'm sorry, you decide on, there's always someone to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. There are always difficulties arising which tend to believe, would tempt you to believe that what you're doing is wrong and your critics are right. To map out a course of action and to follow to the end requires courage. I can read it all over again. Whatever course you decide on, there's always someone to tell you that you are wrong. I can testify. I can testify that. I can testify. I can tell you. I can testify to that. There are always difficulties arising which tempt you to believe that what you're doing is wrong. And that your critics are right. To map out a course of action and follow that to the end requires courage. In the book of beginning or the book of Genesis, there was great wickedness in the land. To the degree that God was going to destroy all mankind. But he found grace. He found grace in one man. He found grace in Noah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. We're still here now 
because God found grace in you and I. There is more wickedness in this land than we've ever seen before. God has every right to destroy mankind, but he found grace. He found grace in the eyes of Noah. And he told Noah, build an ark. And that once you build this ark, bring all your family and two kind of animals into the ark because I'm going to destroy the earth. I'm going to flood with water. Noah started to build this structure at God's command. God, can you imagine? You are building an ark large enough to take your family and two kinds of animals. Here come the critics. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Make no sense. There's been no rain of that kind. But God said, I'm going to flood the earth with water. No one believed it. But Noah kept being focused on what God said. And he built the ark and protected his family and took kind of animals. And God rewarded him by making covenant with him. Where are the Noahs in this generation? Where are they? Who go to hedges and highways to tell men and women to run to the ark of safety which is found in Jesus. Where are the Noahs? Where are they? Where are they? Where are the Noahs? Who will go and do what God says despite the critics, despite the objection of people. Let me tell you this. Don't be a people worshiper. Everybody got a critic. What you do your critic is do two things. Ignore them and keep it moving. Or in other words, deuces. I got things to do and you're in the way. So either pray for me or please excuse yourself. I got to be about my father's business. A young man got born again at the age of eight. He preached his first sermon at the age of ten. Hmm. He begins a church in an old rundown neighborhood in Houston, Texas. With just him and his wife and his children. The church grows up to 300 people. And in one bold move, one Sunday, young man declares there's going to be a new style of teaching. At first, he was in a particular denomination. But now, he says, we're going to start teaching by being healed and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. He spoke that. And in one service, 277 people walked out. They walked out. Leaving him with only 23 people. Now the back of the story that the members of the church made a petition against him. One removing a pastor. They even called the police on this man and had him arrested in his own pulpit at the church that God helped him start. 277 people walked out. Only 23 people remained. These 23 people stood behind this man as he continued to teach and preach the word of God. 
Young man kept on doing what he know God had set in his heart to do. The ministry grew and grew and grew and it keeps on growing. To today, today, that ministry is located in Houston, Texas. Pastored by Dr. I. B. Hilliard. Had not only one, but they had six different locations in the city of Houston, Texas. Why? <clears throat> he was willing to endure the criticism and pursue God's best. This is the same attitude you and I got to have. Because the abundant life is available to us. Jeremiah 29 11 says it. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace. Not to harm you. Do you hope in the future? On other words, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. Knowing this should prepare, propel us to think differently, to believe for that which seems impossible. Praise the Lord. Never let someone objection to you taking God's word be the deciding factor in your life. Never, never let someone objection to your taking God's word at his word, taking God's word be the deciding factor in your life. You will always have critics. Believe me, you will always have critics. <laughs> and most of them will be in church. But you got to know that you know that you know. This is what God called me to do. I'm going to do it. Never let someone objection of you taking God at his word be the deciding factor in your life. Believe God above all else. And pursue his best in your life. Thank you, Lord. Are you willing to pay the price? Because your success in life is determined by what you're willing to ignore. Your success in life is determined by what you are willing to ignore. Moses, Moses the stutterer, who brought the people of Israel out of bondage, faced constant criticism by the people who brought out of bondage. But he thanked God. He kept his eyes on the Lord. And God blessed him. Until he messed up. <laughs> Until he took his eyes on the Lord and messed up. Man. Don't do that. Don't you do that. Trust God. Trust God. The cost question. Are you willing Pay the price. Are you willing to withstand criticism and pursue God's best despite it all? And the one to overcome is the one who will see the cloud of life. That's the first part. Here's the second part of what are you prepared to do. Can you face your fears and conquer them? Can you face your fears and conquer them? Isaiah 41.10 Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Praise God. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you. 
with the right hand of my righteousness. Oh, glory to God. 2 Timothy 1.7 God has not given you and I a spirit of fear, but love, power, and silence of mind. Can you face your fears and conquer them? A survey was done, a survey was done months ago. And the survey asked the question, what's stopping you? 81% of people surveyed said they believe they have a book in the right. 85% are less satisfied with the current job. 700 million people surveyed want to move to another state. When the question was asked, why have you not pursued writing a book? Or the job you like, or move to the state. They say one word F E A R, fear. Fear. Let me tell you something the fear of failure and rejection keeps people locked in a prison of wishing, hoping, and dreaming for a better life or a better tomorrow. I know for a fact. I know for a fact. In the book of Judges, there's a man named Gideon. Who's out in the, uh, in the field threshing wheat? And an angel of the Lord comes and said, You are a mighty man of valor. Gideon replies to the angel of the Lord that he was the least in his whole family, and that his entire family was the poorest in the tribe of Amasa. Hmm. Does this sound like some people today? An angel of the Lord come to you and say, you're a mighty man of valor. Here you come saying, it ain't happening. I'm the least in the family and my entire family. We all broke. <laughs> People want a better life. They're not satisfied where they are. They know there's something more fulfilling than where they are. But instead, they announce their fears and their limitations, thus stopping their progress. Remember, death and life in power of the tongue? You can't speak. You cannot speak your limitations. I tell you what, your words are seed. Your words are seeds. You speak doubt, guess what happens? Doubt, doubt follows you. You speak faith, they open up doors for you. James Earl Jones, the man who made the character Darth Vader a phenomenon, and he still had the voice of CNN, was born with a lips, a lisp, and suffered from stuttering. I know that for a fact. I have a lisp, and sometimes I stutter. But guess what? They ain't stopped me yet. I face that thing and overcome it in the name of Jesus. And whatever is in your way, you can overcome it in the name of Jesus. We got to face it. You'll never overcome it until you face it. So you're willing to face your fear to overcome it. Not in your own strength, but by the Spirit of God. Mm. What are you prepared to do?
What are you prepared to do? I'm telling you. I can show you story after story of people who overcame all kind of odds. And the doing was seen impossible. This young man named Nick Vocek. He was born on arms and legs. You see him on, on YouTube or on, on other shows. This man had traveled around the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has no arms, no legs, but he still preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guess what? He married and he got kids. David Ring, who's an evangelist, was born with multiple sclerosis. He's an evangelist, got a family, and his most famous phrase is, what's your problem? What's your problem? You got life, health, strength. What's stopping you? Face your fear, overcome it, because God has given you love, silence of mind, and he's given you power. Glory to God. Power to do what he called you to do. Thank you, Lord. That's the answer. The answer is in Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All these, I can say, all coming. Nate Vocek, Montel Williams, who was who had died with cancer. He, I'm sorry, multiple sclerosis, and he still does a talk show. And now he's eating healthy. He's still alive today. They answered the course question. What would be your response? What are you prepared to do? Thank you, Lord. Here is the last part of this. And it's this. The tenacity question. The tenacity question. Are you moving forward in the plan of God? Are you moving forward in the plan of God. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6. And the Lord God said unto Moses, his servant, you have been on a mountain long enough. Move the people forward. You have been in this situation long enough. It's time to move forward. If it ain't adding value to your life, it's time to move forward. It's Time to move forward. The word tenacity is defined as the quality of being determined to do or to achieve something. H.E. Jensen said this, The person who wins may have been counted out several times, but they didn't hear the referee. Are you moving forward in the plan of God? In other words, you've been knocked down, not, not knocked out. And all of us have been knocked down, but get back up and get back in the fight. Are you moving forward in the plan of God? Or are you stuck in the would have, could have, should have, pray about it? Time to move forward, man. It's time to move forward. I remember um, years ago, Herm Edwards, who was a football coach for New York Jets. It was next to the last game of the season, just way out of the playoffs. And the reporter asked him, 
How are you going to approach the game? Herm Edwards says, you play to win the game. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. It didn't matter him what the record says. The record was like 7-9. It didn't matter. He was going to push his team to move forward and prepare for their next opponent. Listen, obstacles, potholes, roadblocks will always be on a journey towards your destiny in the Lord. People rejection and betrayal happen to every one of us. Even our view of ourselves will come against us. But there has to be the tenacity within us that despite all of this, we know that God has a great plan for our life. Tenacity takes place when we, die, when we decide to change. Say it again. Tenacity takes place when we decide to change. And for some, it's the hardest thing to do, to change. Change. But change is necessary. John F. Kennedy said this, change is the law of life. And those who look only to the past or the present are certain to meet the future. Change is the law of life. And those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. Change is uncomfortable and is nerve-wracking and irritating because it requires you to think outside the box. It means to speak differently, to believe and do things you never imagined. But it was this type of tenacity that is necessary for us to have God's best. I remember when I left New York City, mm, I've been through a lot of stuff in New York City, and I finally, as the Lord directed me, left. I left on a Sunday. I remember it so well. I only had $200 in my pocket. But I left. I left. Since coming to Atlanta, God opened up doors that only he could do. That I know for certain it could not have happened if I stayed where I was. Are you willing to move forward in God's plan for your life? Are you willing? Mm. Thank you, Lord. I remember a story of a girl named Lisa Murray. She lived in New York City. She had two parents who were on drugs. Mm. Lisa used to sleep on a train and eat our dumpsters. Have I been there? Oh, yeah. But she didn't drink into prostitution. She did not become a drug addict as a mom and dad. You know what she did? She went to school. She went to school. You know what she did? She would go to the bookstore on 42nd Street and Grand Central Terminal. The bookstore right there in the train station. And she read books by Anthony Robbins, Stephen Covey. They became her mentors. She was determined not to follow in the footsteps of her parents. So she went to school and studied and studied and studied. Sometimes she studied on top of the roof of the building they were in. Had a little flashlight, reading her notes. She earned her diploma, got a scholarship 
to guess where? Harvard. Mm. Harvard. And now she is a motivational speaker. She had a degree in psychology. And guess what? She's an author. Why? Because she was determined to not be dismayed by the conditions around her. And it's about all obstacles. She overcame them. That tenacity. Having a made up mind. Now I might be in a negative environment. But guess what? I'm able to overcome it. Let me tell you something. Write this down. Don't let the pain of the past or present. Minimize your potential to overcome it. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You can't overcome every situation because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But you got to have tenacity. Tenacity said, I'm going to make it. Now what it may look like, I'm going to make it. And you will make it. What are you prepared to do? God has set before you and I blessing, cursing, life, and death. Now you choose. What are you prepared to do to have the best in your life in every single area? And I pray your answer is, I'm willing to do whatever is necessary to have the best in my life. I want the rest of my life to be the best in my life. And I'll do whatever I have to do with God's help to make it possible. Because all the impossible to then believe God. When you work with him, he made all things new. He made all things new. What are you prepared to do? Father, we thank you for your word. We bless you. We honor you for your word, oh God. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, every person that played the podcast will get in their heart. I don't want the rest of my life to be as it is now. I want the rest of my life to be the best of my life. I want to be all that the Father created me to be and to do all that God has appointed and known me to do and to have his best in my life. I want heaven here on earth, right here and right now. And we thank you, oh God, that people are going to see Instruction on how to do what you call them to do. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. I pray you were blessed by the word today. I pray it encouraged and it, and it pushed you to go where you are to where God wants you to be. Don't settle for less. Go for the best. Please. Go for the best. Pray to the Lord. If you want a copy of any of my books, Go to Amazon.com. Look up Mark Dudley. You see all the books that God has graced us to write. We've written over 400 books to God's glory. And let me tell you something. I didn't go to college. I was a C average student in high school. But I wanted to be a writer. And God honored that. And look what God has done. Look what God has done. I believe the same God did it for me. He is more than able to do it for you. So go to Barnes & Noble. Look at my name. Mark Dudley. You'll see it right there. Barnes & Noble online store. Amazon. you see it right there online store. Get a copy of any of my books. And you'll be blessed by it. 
Thank you for tuning in again. And I pray you take these words to heart. Nothing, nothing is impossible to those who believe God. Believe God because he has a great plan for your life. God bless.